0: Okay good morning and welcome to the market wrap for week ending 12th of November 2021. Stuart Williamson here at the helm. Now this is issue or release or whatever you want to call it number 75 and I thought I'd record that because you know we've been doing this a long time and and I hope there's a lot of information in there people are finding useful Uh, and just the idea behind it is really that we are giving you bite-sized bits of information you can listen to in the car listen to when you get into the office on a running machine, whatever, that you wouldn't normally be able to glean together. So get lots of information, put it together and give it to you. Because I understand most of our clients and most of the people I work with are time short and also they don't have the drive or the motivation to go and find this stuff out, which we put together for our clients. So there's lots of useful episodes out there. If you get a chance, please do subscribe. We're up to about the massive figure of 610, I think it is, which I know is not very many, but if we can get up to a thousand then perhaps, people start taking more notice of us and we'll get a better circulation. So that's what it's all about. Thanks for, thanks for watching, okay? This week we're gonna talk about, or listening, this week we're gonna talk about the 2022, why house price growth will be tamed in 2022, or why is it the end of the road for the extraordinary UK residential market out of cycle growth? That's a mouthful. Okay, basically last week Nationwide said that house prices rose at 9.9% in October, in the year to October, and the same figure for the year to September, which was the final month of the stamp duty holiday, someone would have thought it might have changed a bit because stamp duty is gone, but it didn't. So why is the housing market apparently defying economic gravity? And why must that end and why will it end? It's been bolstered by frustrated buyers who are unable to move during the stamp duty holiday and those who are waiting for calmer conditions before they do move. You know, often you get people suffering from analysis by, paralysis by analysis, spend all their time looking and wondering what's gonna happen and then they don't make a move. So those people are still waiting. And at the same time, there's just not enough houses out there. Okay, and that's a, a vicious circle of low supply, increased house prices, and in the short term, that's not going to change. But more prospective vendors will come forward as they find their perfect homes and they want to move into it and at the same time, that's not going to happen quickly. So let's just look at the background information to all this to to qualify that. Sales instructions at five year averages this year, but sales of property is happening a lot quicker and we can vouch for that because we can't seem to buy property for clients without being gazumped on a regular basis because we're too far away. As a result of of it moving quickly, supply has not picked up in September and the number of instructions to sell in the UK was actually 26% below the five year average and 51% below September previously. So the tide of supply means a greater proportion of buyers and sellers will be needs driven over the next few months. Months, I, I've got to move, so I'm going. Okay, but that will wash its way out of the market and the have to moves will be replaced by the want to moves. And that will probably come in seasonally in spring next year, March, April 2022 when it is when it normally happens. So We're going back to a more of a normal cycle. James Cleland, who is the head of Knight Frank's country business, says owners are positioning themselves for this in 2022. We're starting to see a notable increase in the number of owners contacting us with a view to listing their property next spring. For shrewd sellers, the best time to put their property on the market, great sales spiel, is likely to actually be in January, when there are a large number of buyers around. I don't think that really necessarily is the case. But for now, imbalance will keep the pressure on prices. Even though the stamp duty holiday has finished. Then, as supply and demand normalise, we get back to our normal cycle, 18 year cycle, main UK house price indices should continue to slowly deflate and we'll see a return to normal. So, that's going to be number one reason why the market's going to run out of this exuberant steam it's running at the moment. The second factor is going to be interest rate rises. Okay, last week, Bank of England caught us all out. Me, most. Especially because I thought it would go up last week, um, but not increasing rates. And one of the reasons why is probably because of the inflationary as- aspects and logistical aspects, the problems we've got going on in there. So those logistics are still squeezing businesses and making them not profitable. And in fact, they're expecting that the UK won't come out, get back to its pre-pandemic um, GDP production until sometime post second quarter 2022 which is probably a year later than they thought it was going to be. So they have an increase in interest rates, but they will. The short term impact is not going to be very big though. It's not going to cause the whole problems for the, for the market. Why? Because rates uh, were at 0.75% before Covid struck and any effect to go back up to that is likely to have a limited effect. So what difference will there be between pre-Covid and post-Covid? Very little. And how long will they keep those rates? They'll keep them at that point whilst transitory inflation pressures occur, whatever transitory actually might mean to the Bank of England. Longer term, there'll need to be a readjustment as rates normalise and process has been delayed by the pandemic. Bear in mind 3.5 million people are first time buyers and they took out their mortgages once the base rate dropped 0.5% in March 2009. So it's that long since so rates are any higher than 0.5% and so a lot of these homeowners have no, no concept of what it's like to pay 5-10% interest rates which we don't necessarily think is going to come back but you know the spectre is out there okay so there's a large group of homeowners who don't know what it's like to, to live through increases in interest rates therefore we believe it's a reasonable assumption even though interest rates will go up even though supply will increase that the market would just go back to the way it was before. And we have to look at things like are there tenants available to meet our required rental profiles? Can the property wash its face and give us a 5.5% yield? Will economic growth in the area we're buying be sustainable? And will it give us 100%, 100% tenant occupancy? And is the property mortgageable? Simple things to buy when you're not in a boom market. Just look at the fundamentals. There's some other news I thought I'd mention, as you say saying in the TV, in, in, in other news, um, some information has come out from the Nationwide. They've looked at average house prices and they report that it's over £250,000 in October, the first time ever. And it's look at the under, underlying level of that. It's not all over the, the UK where it's like that. The background is the show that the value of housing stock in England and Wales was £7.68 trillion. In July 2021, which was an increase of 720 billion from a year earlier. This study, this nationwide study, puts a, a number on the total value of all private housing. Obviously, an increase in, in that means that house prices are going up. And they look up look at it by local authorities. Okay, and a combined the housing stock of all the top 10 local authorities in the UK broke through the trillion pound barrier. Over the pandemic, rising to 1 trillion and 7 billion, up from 978 billion. Okay, so look, just look at interesting enough, where are the most important, the biggest increases? Okay, the three biggest losers actually were Westminster, which fell by 10% in net value, Lambeth, and Wandsworth. The winners, people who move into the top 10, Cornwall and jumped into 8th place above Richmond on Thames and Leeds replaced Ealing at number 10. And both are a reflection of the growing demand for space that we've previously talked about. And Leeds, of course, is you know, part of Yorkshire and Yorkshire has been a huge beneficiary of that. The top three largest increases over the period were all in the northwest: Rossendale, Wirral and Liverpool. What does this tell us? It tells us that London and South East are still overvalued, probably for the next four to five years. Is what general pundits are saying the Midlands, the North or special post COVID locations are the places you should be getting into. Okay, so that's really sort of the main bits of news, but I've got something topical just to look at the effect of climate change, what it might have on UK, UK homes. Rising sea levels, apparently globally rising sea, sea levels by 2050 800 million people will be affected by a sea level rise if it's only 0.5 of a metre. Some studies have suggested sea levels might go up by two metres. So think about that. All the low-lying areas will be affected by flooding but also sinkholes. So new research shows that 1.5 million homes in the UK will go into the highest flood risk category by 2050. Sinkholes could mean that hundreds of thousands of families in Britain will find their homes potentially worthless and 300,000 properties will go into the highest flood risk cap- category by 2050 according to Hometrack. Track. It means that overall they'll be at 1.5 million in that category by that point. That does mean that 6% of all Britain's homes will be much harder to mortgage at that point, requiring flood insurance. It's a pretty grim picture. So I know a lot of us, you know, deny it's happening, but. You know, climate change is a big thing, we need to be aware of it. And for, for homeowners, it's not, nece- you know, what always happens, like Jeremy Clarkson always says, there'll always be someone around the corner who's got a better idea, and they'll come up with a way of fixing these things. And potentially, I'm sure they will be able to take stuff out of the atmosphere, they'll make it better. I don't know that for sure, and probably a very silly thing to say. You know, I'm no expert by any means. Um, but the point is, is that be aware of climate change. Is the house environmentally friendly? is it proactively environment friendly? Is it in a good location that has dealt with issues of flooding should they come up? There we go. That's it for the week. Thank you very much. End of episode 75. Hopefully you'll subscribe and we'll see you for episode 76. Cheers. Bye.